the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Craig Needles. It's the London Free Press Podcast. Thanks very much for being with us for another episode. We're continuing to see our subscribers grow on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. So thank you very much for that. And we're talking about the biggest and most important stories in London and the surrounding area. And of course, we continue to cover COVID-19 as well. And this is an intersection of those two things. Who better to talk with us today than Randy Richmond, award-winning London Free Press reporter. Hello, Randy. Hi, Craig. How are you? I'm okay, thanks. How are you doing? I'm okay. Good to talk to you today. Yeah, yeah. let's get started. Let's get started. Let's get uh, let's get right down to business. I, I got to ask you about a piece that uh, went up on LFPress.com last week. That The headline is, Henry Hildebrandt, from religious firebrand to COVID-19 provocateur. What have we learned about Henry Hildebrandt, who, of course, is the pastor at the Church of God in Elmer? Well, we, we've... First came across Henry Hildebrand back in 2000, 2001, when there was the uh, so-called infamous Elmer spanking case. And that was when seven children were taken out of a, a congregation member's home uh, about fears of, of corporal punishment. And he burst onto the scene there. He was uh, effective at, at calling the media to, to attention to the cause. Uh, it ended up being that the, there was a compromise deal and the children went back to their home. Uh, he lost the court battle. The church lost the court battle. The parents said, their rights were were infringed upon and then he just kind of faded from our public view at least maybe not in elmer but faded from view till the spring when he was opening up uh, having drive through church services and battling the province's rules prohibiting them he won that battle um but now of course he's in the news a lot because this fall he's become that as we say the kind of the firebrand in the anti-mask anti-restriction and even larger movement that's happening right now so, you know, we just kind of looked a little bit into his past, the things we could find out. And, you know, we found out that he, you know, he obviously his, his cultural background is Mexican Mennonite. He ended up in Mexico or, or was in Mexico in the 1980s, joined a church there, Church of God. Um, he followed the pastor um, of that church to Hamilton when the pastor opened up a church there. And the pastor remembers him as just an ordinary parishioner. He got him a job at a factory. Um, the pastor got Henry a job at the factory. And life was just, uh, you know, normal or usual. And uh, the pastor said he had no inkling that Henry was ever going to be a pastor himself. Um, at some point in the Church of God, there was a, a man named Daniel Lane, a member, decided it wasn't strict enough. It wasn't adhering to the Bible enough. So he started his own Church of God restoration. And they opened up a church in Elmer. And that's where Henry Hildebrandt uh, joined or, or became the pastor um, and has been there ever since. That's just kind of the, the basic um, sketch of him. And, and we just, as I say, he, we all kind of knew him in the media back from 2001 to 2003, kind of disappeared and, and popped up again. And, and now is becoming uh, an even more sort of um, interesting nationally, or at least provincially, um, for the media because he's showing up at all these anti-mask, anti-restriction protests. And I've, I've talked about these protests with, with Dale Carruthers and with, uh, with with Max Martin. We've covered them a lot, and, and for good reason, because there's a, a significant source of concern surrounding them in the community. I just wonder, and, and some of these people are not 
the people that are involved in these protests are not necessarily associated with Church of God, but one wonders how he's able to get these people to sort of follow him through this and uh, through some of the stories that you already mentioned, but uh, they're willing to sort of uh, throw themselves at the mercy of COVID-19. I'm not saying entirely because their pastor says so, but he's become a bit of, uh, I know it seems like a, a kind of on those comparison, but a, a bit of an almost religious figure for these people as far as what they're willing to do and how they're willing to follow him. Well, it's very strange. I mean, you know, I, I I get it from the church, from the congregation point of view. The the church is very closed off from the rest of society in the sense that, you know, they have their own school. The kids go to grade twelve in their own school, which is attached to the church. There are lots of rules about or guidelines about not really, or just a culture of not you know associating with other people a lot. So the church itself, the seven hundred or so members, for you know, they follow him along willingly. Um, some there are some people who have left who say you know if you don't follow the rules you will get kicked out but you're right now it's become and it's the strangest thing to see people from different uh parts of the political spectrum and you know all kinds of cultural spectrum uh following him and listening to him uh speak at these rallies and you know i i doubt any of them or many of them have, have researched the church of god uh tenants which is very um Bible-based, very fundamentalist. Um, and so whatever you agree about that, whether you disagree or don't disagree with that, uh, it just shocks me that lots of people are just sort of jumping uh, into this camp. And, and as you say, making him kind of this religious, it's almost religious folk hero. If you saw the uh, the video from the weekend protest in Toronto yeah. where he's in this SUV and people are coming up and giving him a hug, like he's, I hate to use the word, but almost a messiah, right? It's just... It's fascinating to watch, and I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I mean, he has a, he's a very charismatic speaker, no doubt about it. Um, I just don't understand why people are, are sort of, if, if, you know, if they're not of that uh, faith, why they're jumping in so much to listen to what he's saying. And maybe, and obviously, we did something that we have to ask the uh, the individual folks. We haven't done a lot of that. I I want to talk about the questions that you asked him in a second, but uh, maybe it's just a matter of, of these people are just sort of looking to something, to anything to cling to because they're having a hard time with these uh, restrictions on social gatherings or, or whatever it happens to be. And this guy is out here saying, "Hey, I don't think this is a good idea." So maybe he's just an easy person to to, to latch onto, I suppose. Yeah, and as I say, he's charismatic, and he's he's you know he's a, he's a effective speaker. Um, and, you know, I've spoken to him many times or a few times, I guess, and, you know, friendly enough, um, but, uh, you know, he's fiery and it's, all, it's like we're saying, it's almost become the, you know, there's people who speak about the politics at these rallies, there's people who speak about the healthcare at these rallies. He's kind of the ones, you know, bringing a spiritual element to it. And uh, maybe that's what these rallies uh, demand. Maybe that's what people are looking for. Uh, you did have a chance to, in the piece that you and Megan Stacy wrote, there was a link uh, right there with uh, questions that he agreed to answer in, in, in written form only. What did you think was important to ask Henry Hildebrand about the situation that uh, uh, is happening in Elmer at the, and at the Church of God? Well, I wanted to make sure we were clear on what he thought about why uh, he was against masks and and you know, other medical intervention. And we knew the church and we know the church in general has that tenant that, you know, outside medicine is not necessary, that God will heal. And that led to some um, pretty um, bad situations down in the United States where some children died. And in 2002 or so, um, Daniel Lane said, you know, it's okay now for kids to go get medical help. 
Henry Hildebrandt told us it was at the individuals. Former members say it's not really uh, that clear cut and that you're quite discouraged from seeking medical help. And in fact, the spanking case began because uh, a CAS worker or somebody else noticed that uh, there were some bruises that were not healing on, on one of the children, which led to them being removed from their home. But we wanted to get sort of like, I, I wanted to get two things from him mainly. I wanted to get sort of the, his where in the Bible basically does it say, don't wear a mask, right? Yeah. I just, I wanted to get that. <laughs> and I also wanted to get, I also wanted to confirm him to confirm and, and explain this expansion of his beliefs from, you know, let's not have medical intervention, which is, you know, other fundamentalist churches may uh, veer towards that as well, to this wider spread uh, belief that, you know, there's this conspiracy in the world. That it's a battle, it's become a battle of good and evil. And, you know, during the spanking case, although he sought publicity, Henry, he was also very careful to say, we just want to go with the law, abide by the law, we're law abiding people, which is a very uh, Mennonite uh, thing, a very cultural thing for Mennonite uh, followers. And so, you know, so now all of a sudden, though, it's become, and even in the spring, uh, even in, like, even at his church services, people were wearing masks. His, his, his guides that were guiding media were wearing masks, and they kept a safe distance. And people were in their cars, and they never got out. And he, he, he you know, reassured the media that everything was safe. And now all of a sudden, it's hugs with no masks on, it's masks are bad, and even more, this is a battle of good versus evil. So I wanted to get him to confirm that that's how he felt. And he didn't quite give me the biblical background that I was seeking for not wearing masks, but he certainly confirmed that yes, in his view or his express view, this is a battle now, not just about wearing masks or taking vaccines, but a battle against forces that would like to control us and put them under their thumb. A lot of the sounding things that you hear in the States about the, various conspiracies you can't lump them all in together but there's that general tone that there is some power or governments or worldwide governments or conspiracy to get ordinary people and control us and that's he confirmed that in his mm. in his answers definitely yeah. Yeah, no, I'm. Uh, I'm I, I I read through them right before we started talking. That is definitely something that that he confirms in there. You know, you, you mentioned the the video from Toronto. I was going to ask you about that as well. And you said that he uh, was sort of greeted in, in, in a messiah way. I I want to be very clear. I don't. I'm not of the belief that anyone is is forced to be a, a, within the Church of God uh, uh, against their will. But it, it's some. It does seem a little bit cultish as far as the way the guy is greeted sometimes, doesn't it? Like he's like a a, a rock star without the music, and that just. Uh, it just seems bizarre to me when I watched that video and I retweeted it and I'll, I'll tweet it again when we send out this podcast. Uh, it, it just, it, it caught me a little bit off guard as far as, you know, how passionately the people are, are behind this guy. And that is very much the case is they are, uh, they're kind of hanging on every word here, it seems. Right. And, you know, there's never, even if you love talking from the former members of the church, you know, they're not, you know, you know, you're not picked up at your house and led in handcuffs to the yeah. church service every right. Sunday, right? It's, it's, people are, are are willingly going there. There there can be influence. There can be, you know, communal pressure on any any member of any group mm-hmm. um, to, you know, to go along with the rules. Uh, and that may or may not happen there a lot. But um, yeah, when you, when you talk about that kind of the leadership or the um, almost cult-like uh, and without knowing, and, you know, definitely we don't want to go down that road, but they're, they're called, they're not called pastors. They're called 
prophets and saints. And he's called an apostle. And the church only has, I think they have 12. They probably should have 12 uh, <laughs> apostles. And, you know, that's, that's a title for Christians that is pretty big. And I've never... You know, I've gone to Christian church services and I've never seen the word apostle used. And the one pastor I talked to who is a, a, a pastor, Henry's former pastor, said it was it's shocking. And it sets up a, a hierarchy that, um, you know, goes beyond, in his view, goes beyond what normal pastors are uh, in, in that church, in that church setting. So it's it's no longer sort of you're the the follower and the leader you're the apostle and you know that that's that's a high-ranking thing and that that when you see you see people hugging him and, and greeting him like that now and you, you're right you wonder like this there's this appeal happening that's um that's difficult to understand and fascinating to watch yeah, I, uh, I'm fascinated by it too. And there's also the, the political element you mentioned. It's in your piece. You know, Ezra Levant, who's got this, you know, massive uh, following in sort of the, uh, the alt-right uh, spectrum of, uh, of, of Canadian news. He, he tweets support messages for this guy all the time when it comes to dealing with uh, members of the congregation being fined and protests and things along those lines. So it's become something with this significant appeal and drawn a lot of attention to, uh, a lot of attention rather, to, to Elmer, Ontario. Yeah, it is, and I, you know, as as we know, it's a, lot, a lot of people in Elmer don't really want that attention at the moment. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. He, like he's allied himself a lot with uh, MPP Randy Hillier, mm-hmm. Ezra Levant, um, and some of the church members, former church members, were saying that they've been promising the congregation for a, uh, like ten or twenty years that they were going to have this big explosion in uh, in followers. I can't remember. It might be big explosion of followers before the end times or, or I'm not sure if it's that close, but they are going to have this big explosion. And in their view, um, they say that, you know, he's opening up uh, his church to everybody because they want to get these numbers in. And otherwise, how are they going to get, you know, th- this kind of expansion? And it's funny as well, like, you, as we talked about earlier, I, some people may not know what this church stands for and may disagree with it when they find out, you know, what they, what they believe in everything. So right now it's very attractive to a, a range of people. I don't know if, if he can hold on to that that appeal or not. I don't know what happens after we're all vaccinated and we go about our lives again. Um, but right now he's he's sort of he's caught some fire out there and and he's you know he's on fire himself and he's he's using it and and or you know you could say he's fanning the flames or he is uh, you know he's a, as we say the firebrand in all of this. I'll ask you before we wrap up here, Randy, uh, how does this change or, 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 or finish? Maybe it doesn't finish with the COVID-19 pandemic if he has these types of, uh, of willing followers. I don't know what the next political issue might be, but uh, do you think that this, uh, this following that he's built is something that lasts uh, until we're, uh, you know, we're all vaccinated and back to school and all that lovely stuff that we're hoping to get to at some point later in the year? Well, that's, that's an interesting question. Because he's he's you know he's now in that that group of people who believe there's a worldwide conspiracy, uh, you know, good versus evil, as he said, Satan versus God, mm-hmm. and you know he's out there publicly saying that. So he he may very well uh, attract uh, people who believe that. Um, it, you know, in the population, there's still relatively a handful of people who follow along at the moment, at least in this country. 
So I, I am curious. Will he? I mean, he was gone from public view for what, 10, 20 years. Um, so will he just go back and, and hang on to the few followers who joined because of this, or will he get more followers? Will this become a thing out of Elmer that the Church of God is now a representative and a leader in this, um, this belief that there's a worldwide conspiracy? Um, who knows? It may be, you know, maybe we're seeing a lot more of Henry than we used to. Yeah, uh, certainly possible. Uh, well, hopefully that, uh, hoping that everyone stays safe and uh, hoping you continue to stay safe uh, and continue to cover these stories for us. Randy, thank you so much for uh, coming on and talking about this with us. Glad that you give us a couple minutes here on the podcast. Great. Uh, my pleasure. That's London Free Press reporter Randy Richmond joining us here on the London Free Press podcast, which you can get on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts Plus. Watch us on YouTube and find us at lfpress.com. All the time we have for this week, we will uh, talk to you again actually later in the week for another episode of the London Free Press podcast. Thanks for listening.